The Calendar Thief by Peter Medawar Episode 15 The Forbidden Sand Lily dropped through the hot air, hit the side of the dune, spinning and sliding on waves of warm sand. Woomph! Landed on her back, gasping with laughter. The horses looked up from their crop of grass. Pepper came over and sniffed the top of her head as she wobbled to her feet, caked with sand, a purple scarecrow. Best jump ever! Pepper snorted. Lily ran to the rock pools and jumped straight in. The cold water felt delicious. It felt wonderful cleaning off all the sand and slime, lying on her back and looking up at the purple mountains. Lily swam about, smiling. After a while, she hauled herself out of the pool, careful not to cut herself on the jagged sides. She patted back round the dune, her heart thumping. From her footprints, she realised she stepped close to the safety lines Dylan had traced with the cynic repellent. Her hand dropped to her knife. So what? The horses looked up as she came back into their hollow. She hugged Pepper feeling clean again. Lily pulled herself back up the rope, ran across the ridge and jumped into the blue air. It was even better second time. Lily sat up at the bottom, beaming, shaking out her hair like a happy dog. She stretched out, making an angel in the sand. Next time I see that frog, I'll throw it straight in Celeste. Sand! exploded in Lily's face. She scrambled to her feet. Dylan ran up, plucked something from the ground, and raced away up the slope. Hey! Warn me before you throw a knife! Marcus's voice boomed across the sand. Throw it back. He was sitting at the top of the dune, watching over them like a hooded monk. Dylan's blade whipped past Lily's ear. Defend yourself, said the punk. Dylan's trying to kill me. Kill him back. Dylan was halfway up the rope. Lily drew her black knife. She tossed it towards the satyr, but she couldn't muster any venom. She liked Dylan too much. She tried again, but her throws were weak and off target. Dylan reached the top of the dune and stood looking across at Marcus, like a dog waiting for a ball. Marcus threw his knife. The satyr jumped up and threw it back before he hit the ground. The punk caught it without looking. Lily watched them as she climbed the slope. They reminded her of performers at a circus, graceful and utterly focused. She hefted her blade, smooth and cool in her hand. Marcus and Dylan stood watching her. Lily knew where this was going. She'd throw like an idiot and the two of them would laugh at her. She took a deep breath. Lily and the satyr face each other like gunfighters. She slid her finger across a spiral handle. Catch this one, she thought. The blade whizzed past Dylan and curved through the air, spinning like a boomerang. The knife smacked Marcus's head and whipped back towards Lily. She jumped back and looked down, amazed. She was holding the knife. There was no blood, nothing but the hilt pressed into her palm. Lily held up the blade 
beaming. Marcus stood motionless on the dune. The satyr bowed his head to the sand, rolled forward, and dropped off the edge. Full of adrenaline, Lily dived in after him, hit the sand, and rolled past him. She carried on dancing across the sand, but he grabbed her just before the repellent line. Forbidden, huh? Lily was tired of being told what to do. She hated being so limited. She was a warrior now. How many other girls her age could throw a knife? She imagined killing a cynic all on her own. Vengeance for the punks and Marcus's eye. She'd be a hero and they'd roast its corpse on a giant fire. The Illuminator Lily walked across the top of the dune. Her finger was tingling blue, but she still couldn't see the next door. Dylan ran up to her, holding up a small wooden bucket, and she recoiled. Uh-uh, I'm not going anywhere near it. Celeste took the bucket. Relax, it's just hydrating. Lily peered inside. The grey frog sat motionless in the water. Throw it in the sea. Amphibians and salt water? That's spiteful. The angel ran a finger along the rim of the bucket. And besides... The VVF kicked out with a little splash. Why was Dylan holding him after the spider bite? They came and sat next to Marcus, who was sketching at his easel. Hmm. Celeste examined the canvas. Not bad for a cyclops. Appalled, Lily shook her head, mouthing, Don't joke about his eye. Celeste just winked at her and punched the punk's arm playfully. So what is it? Normally, Marcus would have punched back a lot less painfully, but he just nodded and carried on sketching. Celeste looked at his picture again. It's Zenith, the city down there. Lily looked out across the pale metropolis, the stadiums and promenades, the immense cathedrals of light. Celeste grimaced. I've never seen it so empty, so still. Marcus put down his brush. Infested. Cynics everywhere. No one goes in, no one comes out. We'll go in. The angel nudged Lily. And we'll kick them out. No one quarantines my hometown. She lay back on the sand. Zenith. City of spices and chocolate. You remember the chocolate, Marcus? Mmm, caramel. Ah, yeah, caramel poker parties. Celeste pretended to be disapproving. Are you a card shop? Of course. My family's preferred bridge. Angels are better at bridge than poker. But we had great vats of caramel. We ate and sang and danced. She broke off. Marcus looked out across the sea. Lily sensed a sudden awkwardness. Celeste patted her hand. Zenith! What a town! What a city! A night out in Zenith you can't imagine. We drank chocolate from cold bottles and then we ate the bottles. We baked pizzas the size of wagon wheels. We flew into the woods and hunted wild birds. And we saw bats 
bats and beetles and butterflies the circumference of rainbows. It was the golden age of disorder, the age of seasons and change, the age of the original. Lily was entranced. I want to go. I don't care who's in there. They ate on in silence. Lily felt a shiver of evening run up her arms. Marcus looked up at the sky and rumbled, darkening. Haven't seen that for a long, long time, said Celeste. And that's down to us, down to us and Lily, the lockbreaker. Lily sensed the three of them were looking at her, expecting a response. Eighteen more doors, breathed Celeste. Free the original and take back Zenith. It's okay, really, Celeste held out the frog. Lily backed off. No, 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 I'm not going anywhere near it. The real question is, why did he illuminate you to begin with? What do you mean, illuminate? Celeste held the frog above her head, pondering. The VVF has poor eyesight, but excellent olfactory ability. Huh? Fascinating predator, the VVF. When it smells something interesting, it illuminates that smell. Target, paint, consume. Want to see its tongue? No! It solidifies odours, trapping its prey in its own scent. Celeste, why didn't you tell me what VVF meant? The angel considered this for a moment. If I'd said, Lily... This is a velvet vomit frog. You'd never have touched it, would you? And it worked. Yeah, you got a good laugh. Now you know how interesting you smell. Still, doesn't answer the question. Why was it in Dylan's hand? Celeste started wandering around the ridge, holding up the frog like a lantern in a coal mine. She beckoned to Dylan. Let's just snoop around. I think better on the move. Marcus untied a canvas bag and laid out some orange sheets. Lily recognised them. Aren't those the petals from Onomatopoeia Glade? Marcus nodded. So we're staying here? Lily felt excited at the idea of sleeping under the blue night. Then she felt a tug at her arm. Dylan had his, come and look at this, grin. He led Lily over to where Celeste was crouching on the dune examining something in the air. Lily stopped dead. It was right where the frog had sprayed her. Celeste was excited. Hey, Lily, remember that metal smell? Yes. Have a look at this. I'll look from here, thanks. Really? You need to see this. Lily blinked. She saw the corner of something flat and speckled purple, half a metre off the ground. It was the edge of a metal door. Shutter. Lily threw sand over the space where the rest of the door should have been, but it just fell to the ground. When she waved her hand through the space, she felt nothing. Celeste looked thoughtful. We need more vomit. Oh, you're kidding. 
It's brilliant stuff. As I said, one of the elements in its effluvia solidifies smells. It's how the VVF hunts. If you're a bug and you suddenly get encased in your own solidified odor, it's very difficult to escape. She scratched her head. But that's not the question. Lily sensed an icky plan developing. What's the question, Celeste? The question is, how do we get the VVF to aim straight at the door? Dylan and Celeste stood stroking their chins. They looked at the corner of the door, then at the VVF, then at Lily. They looked at the frog, then the door, then Lily. The penny dropped. Oh, no. She backed off, wagging her finger. No, 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 no. You do have a way with frogs. No way. Whatever you smell of, he likes it. It's not throwing up on me again. All you have to do is stand over here. He'll let rip and spray the door into existence. Celeste set the frog on the ground. Lily put her face in her hands. I can't believe you want me to do this. The VVF gulped. Its nostrils and eyes disappeared into its face, then reappeared. Celeste rubbed her chin. He doesn't look very interested. You're not smelly enough. Dylan jumped up and down and spun in the air. That's it. Celeste turned on Lily, her eyes gleaming. You need to run and jump. Jump around the dunes and throw your knives like your lives depend on it. Lily was starting to realise. So I, you need to sweat. It won't illuminate anything that doesn't smell. Go for it. Sweat. Lily looked at Dylan, unsure. Celeste shrugged. Unless you don't want to unlock this door, and you're happy staying right here until the cynics come for you. Lily jumped up and down behind the door and ran back and forth, buzzing like a fly. Dylan and Celeste laughed, and Marcus glanced up from his painting. But the frog was unimpressed. Lily and Dylan fell into the pit and did cartwheels across the sand. They tried not to frighten the horses as their blades flashed between them. Then they raced back up the slope, crouched and stamped and gibbered before the noxious frog, coaxing another deluge. It just sat, watching them from behind its nostrils, like a librarian with huge glasses. Dylan found a green beetle. The frog zapped it up with his tongue and sat back, looking satisfied. Its nostrils pulsed, but it did nothing. Lily sat on the sand, wondering how her life had come to waiting for a frog to throw up at her. It's not working. He'll never do it. Dylan grabbed the frog and clasped it to his chest. Celeste shook her head. Oh, that's cruel, she sighed. But no choice. Go for it. The satyr jumped into the dune and rolled around and around below them. He was still clasping the frog as he reached the top and ran up to the door. Lily did manic star jumps behind the purple corner, and Dylan 
spun round and round, lifting the frog up and down, pointing it at the door. It looked at Lily, haughtily, and did nothing. Dylan scooped it up and ran up and down the dune. When he finally laid the VVF on the sand, bewildered and shaky, Lily almost felt sorry for it. Almost. Come on! She sped up her star jumps. Come on, go for it! Dylan patted the frog. Come on! The frog quivered. Its nostrils widened. Lily danced in front of it. The frog puffed up. Its nostrils grew so wide, its head seemed to disappear. Dylan scooped it up and aimed it at the door like a gun. The frog gave a metallic belch and threw up everywhere. Lily dodged the neon slime and looked down at the frog. That's it? You're done? The VVF hopped up to the thickened door, sniffed, and jumped back into its bowl of water. Celeste clapped Lily on the back, congratulating her. The seventh door looked like an invisible canvas splattered with gaudy paint. The surface felt like cold metal. A riddle was stamped in green letters under the keyhole. Lily read it out to Dylan. This wood ripples. The satyr nodded thoughtfully. Lily put her finger in the keyhole and smiled when she felt the familiar turn and click. But the door wouldn't open. As hard as she tried, it wouldn't budge. The frog hadn't revealed any hinges, no handle or doorknob. Celeste tapped at the door, then stood on tiptoe to look out across the bay. This one feels different. Lily locked and unlocked the door and pulled again, but it wouldn't budge. I don't get it. She slapped the surface. We've done everything right. Dylan disappeared round the back of the frame and reappeared on the other side. Celeste scratched her head, then scratched Dylan's head. What we need here is a little lateral thinking. Let's smash it open, said Lily. We'll get a horse to kick it in. Patience. Lily clicked the lock again and again. The angel walked around the dripping door, pressing it from every direction. Something clanked. Ah! Celeste was standing parallel with the door, both hands around the frame. She heaved. The door moved upwards. A crack of multicoloured light spilled out into the air. Lily was entranced. It's a shutter. Dylan and Marcus slid the door up. Particles swirled in the iridescence like dust in sunlight. Lily put her hand through the frame. It didn't reappear on the other side of the door. Celeste was fascinated. This one has depth. It goes somewhere. Lily caught a musty smell of coats hanging in a hallway. Her coats and her hallway. Home. Thrilled, she pushed her arm in and felt something pulling her, like the current from the third door in her bedroom. This is it. I'm going home.
She slid the door further up, then stopped. The others were all watching her. Dylan tilted his head and gave her his softest, saddest puppy dog eyes. Lily was suddenly, passionately confused. Look, I'll go out and get help. I can get my dad, she swallowed, realising how dumb it sounded. I can get the police and they can bring the army. No, Celeste was firm. No more contamination. Lily felt a chill. Contamination? Hey, I'm not infected. If you leave now, you won't get back in. These doors are alive. They'll remember you abandoned us. And they won't open for you again. No way. Marcus shrugged and headed over to his easel. Dylan squeezed Lily's arm, his eyes shining with tears. He shuffled off the fire, a broken spirit. Celeste was more pragmatic. It's your choice. Stay here and rescue a god. Or go home. And we'll wait for a warrior to come and save us. She gave a misty smile. You've done very well. With that, she went over to the fire and stretched out on a purple petal, her back to Lily. Lily sat on the sand, her knees clasped to her chest, watching the light eddy and swirl in the doorway. She spent a long time in its warm glow, trying to decide. How can this be so difficult? Of course she had to go home. Her family would be worried sick about her. At the same time, it felt wrong just leaving her friends behind. Lily. Marcus's voice made her look up. He was standing framed in the firelight. To remember. He handed her a sheet of canvas, walked back to the fire and lay down to sleep. Lily held up the canvas. It was a watercolour of the four of them, standing on the ridge, looking out across the purple mountains.